My special guest today is a wonderful actress who spent five years playing Sun Hill's answer to Alexa. Prior to walking the beat of Sun Hill, she'd already graced the cobbles of another TV institution. Louise Harrison, welcome to the Bill podcast. Well, hello. <laughs> hello. <laughs> hello, Oliver. <laughs> Just before we started chatting, I was enjoying your voice clips on Spotlight. You've got those accents off to a T. Oh, thank you. Well, I've been to America a lot, so and all different parts of America. It's one of my favourite countries to travel to. I've got a lot of friends in the Deep South because I'm a, a big Elvis fan. So obviously I've got lots of friends in the sort of the southern states like Tennessee and Mississippi, and so I copied their accents when oh. I heard them. And I've obviously I've got friends in Australia, but my Australian friends tell me that my accent is a bit—it's the typical English person doing Australian. <laughs> so I don't think I'll be joining Neighbours anytime soon. <laughs> oh, I thought it was very good. I loved it. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I went to Memphis and to Graceland. I when I was at ITV we, we did a four part mini series about it was oh. called Riverman Shoes and it was looking at the food and music of the deep south and it was fascinating. Oh, that sounds great. I well I'd love to be able to see that. It was with uh Kean Egan from Westlife. Oh yeah. He was yeah, our presenter yeah. and we had an amazing time. Yes. Oh yes. And I've got friends all over the world, you know, now that I've met through my Elvis connections. <laughs> And where I'm actually going on holiday is where it's in Germany, Bad Nauheim, where Elvis did his military service. Wow. But yeah, the Deep South is famous for uh, lovely, I mean, it's got the lovely, obviously a lot of fried food, but it's um, famous for its things like gumbo and well, jambalaya. That's very southern, typical southern food. But and I did. I've had obviously a deep fried banana sandwich. <laughs> uh, in in <laughs> honor of Elvis. Yeah, banana and peanut butter. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, it's very filling. Oh, I need to manage half of it. Yeah. So. <laughs> but oh, yeah, wow. no, I've, I've loved him since I was a little girl. So oh, yeah. This is quite an exciting time for you, isn't it? Because you've recently starred in a short film, and and you've you've got another film coming up. Yeah, the, the the film the film that's coming up keeps getting delayed, as a lot of independent films do. Now it's meant to be late August, but now it looks like it's going to be later towards the end of the year. Now, it's a London thriller. The, the thing is, with a lot of films, they do get delayed. But mm. uh, that's yeah, that's one thing. And then the short that I did, uh, very topical because it's about refugees getting washed up. You know how a lot of them are sort of swimming out on little boats. Very yeah. sad, really. Try and get to America and Europe and Australia. It's about two refugees, a brother and a sister, who land on the shores of an English seaside town, probably Devon. This lady and her brother, who live in their late parents' house, take them in and because uh, they find them in the shed. And strange things happen overnight to the girl. And <laughs> I shouldn't say too much. It's kind of, it sort of ends up a bit like Shaun of the Dead. Oh, wow. <laughs> but, um, yes, and the brother is a bit sort of... Uh, anti uh, me looking taking them in and looking after them in case they brought any infections with them or anything but uh they, no they haven't but she does turn into a zombie so <laughs> but it was actually all shot in um Berkshire. we didn't have to go to any i mean the sea was actually um a pond a very very large pond in Berkshire. so yeah yeah oh, so, so there you go oh that's wow is it nice for you working with young filmmakers and young talent 
yes, he's very enthusiastic. And the, the girl that's uh, the, the producer actually is a professional producer. She she's already been working in the business, mm. so she's done lots of other things as well. But uh, the director was quite pretty young. But yeah, yeah, because I t- I took a few years out for sort of personal reasons, and then I went back into the business. You see, I did I did some various things after the bill, uh, even a little bit of producing. Uh, I co-produced a little film with a friend, and I've. I worked on a, a couple of other friends' independent films. And I even did a little bit of casting for a while. But yeah, but then, so, so this, you know, is all sort of going back into the acting because I, I miss the acting. And yeah. when I was doing working briefly in, as a casting director, I was sort of want to put myself up for, for the part that I was yeah. <laughs> other people back for. So, yeah, so obviously I really, yeah, I, nothing makes me happier than in, being in front of a camera. No. When did you um, first discover that bug? Well, uh, when I was little, apparently I used to do impersonations of, when I was about 11 or 12, I used to do impersonations of politicians and TV personalities for my friends. And then, then there was an open evening and I ended up doing it for all the parents. Oh. And then, uh, so I thought that I wanted to be an actor then. And then briefly I wanted to illustrate children's books, but then I went back into, you know, the acting thing came back again. And I went to the Royal Welsh College of Music and Drama. Wow. In, yeah, because you could get a degree in it, you see, you could get a degree in drama. Yeah. Whereas a lot of the other London drama schools at that time weren't giving degrees. And also, I got into a couple of other London drama schools, but they, they'd stopped giving the grant in those, uh, then for those uh, London drama schools. So this was the only one because they gave it that, that I could get a grant for because they gave a degree in drama. Yeah, so it was, I haven't, I'm not Welsh at all, but... Um, but yes, I uh, that's where I went, and I made some very good French friendships there. Ah, and now so much drama is produced from Cardiff, isn't it? You know, the... well, yes, and Manchester, funnily enough, where where I'm actually from. I don't sound particularly northern, but actually, I was born in Manchester. My parents aren't Mancunians either, but my father got a job at Manchester University, and I was brought up in Manchester in Cheshire. Now everything's moved to Media City in Manchester. Yeah. So, you know, before it was everything was in London and, there'd be, you know, and you had to be in London all the time. But now everything seems to move to Manchester. Mm. You know, all the co-productions, you know, they all sort of start from Manchester. And I mean, you know, you get you get things stopped in London still, but the hub seems to be Manchester now, I think. Were there any performing genes in the family? What did your parents think of you going into acting? Well, my yeah, my sister went to drama school. She went to Central School of Speech and Drama, and my dad did as well oh, wow. in the nineteen late nineteen forties. He got a scholarship there, uh, and he acted for a bit. But then he decided he wanted to have something a regular income because he wanted to get married and have a family. Mm. So he then became a university professor of drama and drama and education. So, yeah, you could say it was in the family. My sister then ended up teaching drama. So you could, the three three people in the family went to drama school. That's good, isn't it? Because a, a lot of the yeah. people I've interviewed, you know, they've, they've been the odd one out, as it were, you know. But, but, but oh, really? Yeah. It's yeah, nice that yeah. you, you had a resource. You had a bit of understanding, presumably, as you were, as you were getting into this. Well, my dad, um, yeah, he did all my sort of help coach me for the drama school interviews and all of that i mean now it's very very hard to get into drama school mm. i mean it's really hard i mean i've heard about kids trying to get into rada and they have to try five times and they say come back next year and all this you know try again next year you know mm. after yeah. three or four times i mean i think i was one of quite yeah about a thousand people i was you know one of to, to get the place you know i was quite lucky but but i think now it's even harder than it was then 
my dad actually he liked ancient Greek drama. That was his specialty. Oh, cool. But uh, yeah, I mean, for me, I actually liked playwrights like Tennessee Williams. So <laughs> it's all, set, all again, all set in the deep south. Were there any actors that were particularly influential for you, or, or any acting heroes as you were growing up? Jane Fonda has always been one of my heroines. I uh, love Jane Fonda. She's beautiful and uh, opinionated and <laughs> strong and <laughs> talented and political. No, I've always loved her. Meryl Streep, obviously. I mean, I used to be uh, likened to, when I was young, uh, when I was in my 20s, I used to, people used to think I looked a bit like um, Judy Jason and, or, or uh, Jane Asher a little bit because my hair was redder when I started off. Yeah. But um, I think I was uh, born at the wrong time. <laughs> oh. But... <laughs> But yeah, no, Jane Fonda is probably one of my favourite film actresses. And I mean, then there's all the Kate Blanchett I like. She's wonderful. Yeah. Frances McDormand. Yeah, there's so many. Yeah. Yeah, there's really, really great actors. And now, of course, they all used to be the dirty word to go from movies back into television. But now, of course, because of Netflix and Sky Atlantic and HBO and all these things, they're all going back and doing TV series now and probably getting even better paid than they were when they were doing movies yeah it's all sort of become it used to be a sort of not the thing to do and now it's very much the thing to do how did you break into television um well i did a a music hall show that i'd written with uh that i put on the road with two other actor friends and we did sort of took that around nursing homes because in those days you had to have an equity card uh-huh. And I, uh, we got our equity card for you know you had to do so many performances and then you got your equity card, so that's how I did it. And then I got myself an agent. Uh, I was living off the King's Road then, and I in Chelsea. And I walked down the King's Road. There was an agent called uh, Norma Skemp. She's died now, and she took me on. And uh, I think I went up for a few things, and then I got my first job. Was I think it was very peculiar practice. What an iconic show to get your first And telly. it was, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was very lucky. That was so well written, that show. Oh, yeah. And Andrew Davis now, who's sort of, he's ubiquitous now. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, that was really good fun. There was a sort of, uh, sort of Matthews, of course, Suzanne. <laughs> so, yeah, and then I went up for things, and then I did, you know, a bit more, and then I was in a few other TV series. I did a little part in a series with David Essex called The River, and that was quite fun. And then and eventually Coronation Street which was great fun. Oh, I can imagine. I mean, I, I, I did my first piece of work experience after uni on Corrie. Oh, did you? The, the excitement of just walking into the cabin for the, you know, and actually... Oh, yeah, you know, I know. And you look behind the set and they're all sort of, <laughs> you know, it's a, bl- a blank wall. Yeah. It's really funny. It's sort of like yeah. you see the front of the shop or the front of the pub and then at the back, it's sort of just, a, you see plywood. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a set. But yeah, no, I'm still very friendly with uh, Sally. You know, oh. Sally Dinneber, who plays Sally in it. Yeah. And uh, we, we became great mates and went to America, went to New York together when we first met. And wow. Yeah, no, we're still great mates. I saw her a couple of months ago, actually. Yeah, no, that was really, really, really good fun. I mean, sadly, a lot of those people aren't with us anymore, like uh, Annie Kirkbride. Mm. Very sad. I met Mark Eden, who is like nothing like Alan Bradley. He was a, he was a charming man when I met him. But... Oh, he's lovely. He's <laughs> yeah. really yes. He's nothing like Alan Bradley. He's sort of very edu- educated and yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, very yeah. literary gentleman. Yes, no, he's lovely. He was kind of like my mentor, if you like. Lovely man, and he's married to Sue Nichols. Of course, yeah, yeah. And you know, Corey at that time was getting like twenty million viewers. You know, it, yes, it was, it was huge. I mean, what, did you notice? Suddenly, you know, you must have started being recognised in the street and things like that. 
Yeah, I used to get taxi drivers who'd give me a lift and they'd call me by my character name. They'd say, hello, Dawn. Where are you going to, Dawn? <laughs> you know, they thought that was my name. Um, yeah, I used to get that a bit. Yeah, um, not so much. Yeah, a little bit in London. Not, not yeah. as much. In, it's more of a thing in Manchester. But yeah, sometimes in London. Uh, I mean, it made me feel that I, I couldn't sort of get up out of bed and go and get the milk. You know, get, go and get some milk from the corner shop because I had to go and put makeup on. <laughs> yeah. You know, have a shower and look presentable just in case. But um, yeah, no, it was, it was a really, really fun time to be on that show. And yes, I remember it was we were getting 23 million viewers around the time that the whole Alan Bradley uh, yeah. story was on and when I was in it. And you used to be on, I think, three times a week, and then it would be repeated at weekends. Well, yeah, I mean, mind you, it's on five times a week now, anyway. But you, but yeah, no, I remember we were getting a lot of viewers then because, of course, there were fewer channels then. Of course. So yeah, I mean, now you have way more channels. You have all the uh, the cable channels, and you know, Netflix and Sky Atlantic and all of these other channels. Stars. Mm. People have more choice, so you know, you might not get as many viewers now. I think you're, you're due a comeback, aren't you, to Corey? It would be a nice way to celebrate the 30th <laughs> anniversary of, uh, of that, yeah. wouldn't it? You know, yeah, get Dawn yeah, back. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I don't, I'm just, I don't know if, I think Sally has sort of mentioned it once. She said it would be turned that nice if Louise's character came back. I don't know if people have been back after that long a time away. and Maybe they have. I mean... Um, yeah, they've always been pretty loyal, haven't they, with the continuity in... In Corrie. You know. Yeah. Charlie Lawson's been backwards and forwards. That's right. Yeah. 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 You watch, know, watch you his... never know. You yeah. never know. We'll, we'll, we'll put the word out there. We'll spread the word off the podcast. <laughs> you know. That'd be nice. So I did have good fun. I have to say it was really good fun. I had a very, I had a great time on that show. Yeah. And it, it must have been, you know, for a lot of people going into the bill, that was their first regular tv series whereas you already had that experience of doing three times a week under your belt so that must have been invaluable yeah. experience going well i think yeah i think that helps i mean i probably yeah i mean I, I definitely think that was that was in my favor because you're expected to learn scripts very quickly and you don't really get rehearsals anymore so much because of the lack of time you maybe do one or two rehearsals you know on set and then they'll go for a take you know so you really only have time to rehearse with your colleagues who are in that scene, you know, off the green room sometimes, you know, somewhere. I mean, when I first joined Corrie, you did have a couple of days of rehearsals, but Sally said that now you don't, you know, we'd had, we'd block it and you did have days of rehearsals, but now you don't really, it's very much plonk, 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 you know, you're on set, do a, rehe a line rehearsal and then you do it. Mm. So, yeah, so time is of the essence. It's very, very quick. So you, so you are required to know your lines quickly. You have to be a quick line learner. And how did you join the cast of the bill? My agent at the time put me up for it and I had a, an initial meeting. It was just a chat. And then they said, we would like to see you again if you could do a screen test. I had a chat with the um, executive producer, Michael Chapman, who's charming, lovely, lovely man. Yeah. And apparently one of my hair grips, I'd had my hair up and one of my hair grips fell out in the, when I went for the chat with him. And he sent me a letter saying, would you like to come from for your screen test? And he put, he stuck my hair grip in. He oh, left this behind. I thought how, it was so sweet. How kind. Very yes. sweet. I know. <laughs> and um, so I, anyway, and then I had to learn for the screen test. And I, a, friend, a very good friend of mine who I produced a short with, actually. He now lives in Australia, funny enough. He went over the lines with me and made me do things like put the plates away and, you know, do things around the flat. 
while I was going over the lines so that they were really kind of stuck in my mind. He was brilliant at helping me. Oh. And, uh, and then I got it, yeah. And I did the screen test. I was very nervous, but I did the screen test with a couple of other people who were in the show. And, and then I found out that I got it. And I celebrated by, getting, by going to Christie's and buying two framed pictures of Elvis that he'd signed. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh. Yeah. I suppose all that moving around, putting plates away while you're doing the lines helped when you were, you were going to be moving all the files around as collator, weren't you? Because it was for, for such a oh, small yeah. room, you, you were moving around all the time, weren't you, in the office? Yeah, I was. It was, a lot of, it was very different then because, of course, now it'll all be, it would all be electronic. But yeah. in those days, yeah, it was all sort of with cards and I'd be moving from this drawer to that drawer to this drawer. It's a central intelligence officer. You got your, your lovely first lines. Graham Cole says, how are you finding things, Donna? And you say, in the filing cabinets mainly, <laughs> which is a lovely first line. <laughs> yeah, she was quite sort of dry. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she <laughs> yeah, took no and, nonsense. Uh, yeah. A, yeah, there was, um, the boys would flirt with her quite a lot because there weren't, <laughs> there weren't only about a handful of girls in the show yeah. and there were about 25 guys. Yeah. So, you know, you've got a lot of attention one way or another. But, um, <laughs> and I did do a, an episode where I had to go undercover and dress it. It was a, a sort of copy of the girl, that girl that was murdered on Wimbledon Common. That's Rachel right. Rachel Nichol. And I had to do a um, an episode of that, and I had to wear a wig and everything. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a miniskirt, and actually reenact it. So we shot that, and that was very topical, because it was literally only a few weeks after the, the original murder happened. That was good. Yeah, travelling light. Yeah, that's right. Because sometimes I like to get out of the office, you know, and do some... Do some of the drug raids with the other boys, and yeah, who stands out as as your main colleagues from the bill, and who did you? Right, well, I did I did quite a few things with Chris Ellison, who yeah. was very amusing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, and Nula was a lovely girl. She did the travelling light with me. Yes, and then I was very friendly with Jay Griffith when we were on the show. We were great mates. She was she was a very busy girl. She was doing two series at the same time at one point. And then the boys, the new influx of lads like Stephen Beckett, 20 with him, and then Martin Marquez came in, and Andy Paul, he was in it, and Hugh Higginson, all those boys, and Tom Butcher. Yes. And Robert Perkins, all of those boys. Yeah. Yeah, they were, no, they were all, yeah, we got on really, really well. I was mates with all of them, yeah. And Lisa Gagan, she's another girl. Yeah, Polly. She name-dropped you in, in her podcast. Oh, did she? Yes, yes. Oh, she's a lovely girl, Lisa. She's so sweet. Yeah. Well, the whole the whole cast at that time is such a lineup of great actors. Oh. Oh yes, and the other person I forgot to mention, Trudy Goodwin. She's a lovely actress. Oh, phenomenal. She's a lovely lady. So yeah, she's very nice. She was like one of the stalwarts of the show, and Mark Wingard. Very nice people, and Lynn Miller, and yeah, so many, so many people come in and out of that show. So many names. And, like, great guest actors. I mean, uh, Mark Kingston was your informant. Oh, yes, yes. And we had uh, Mick Fleetwood from Fleetwood Mac's sister, the late Susan Fleetwood. Yeah, we had really cracking guest actors. And the young Kira Knightley. Yes, Kira <laughs> Knightley. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. she used to live near where I lived. In oh, wow. Yeah, I used to see her walking around before she did the first Pirates of the Caribbean and became a big star. Yeah. And so what was your routine? Describe a day in the life of making the bill from your perspective. Oh, well, it depended where I was living. I moved quite a few times. I went through a phase of trying all the different areas of London because I couldn't decide where I liked best. Oh. So I lived, lived six months in Highgate. I lived six months in Crouch End. I lived another 
about a year in Kilburn. I lived sort of all over. When I lived in Crouch End, it was quite a long drive, actually. It was about an hour. Yeah, I'd, I'd get up uh, about two hours before I needed to be in or, yeah, and then, well, three hours, actually, because I'd have to give myself an hour driving time and I would drive across London. So if that was if it was a very early start. Uh, sometimes, you know, you wouldn't be needed till two or three in the afternoon and then I'd set off, you know, give myself an hour. It was about an hour drive. Occasionally, I went on the Northern Line. But the dreaded Northern Line yes. is always sort of... <laughs> people joke about the job, Northern Line, because it's always breaking down. Yeah, the Northern Line is probably the least glamorous of all the tube lines, in my experience. Yes, but it was one long line. I remember when I lived in Highgate, I didn't have to change stops. I just would go on the Northern Line. It would take about an hour. It meant I could read my lines on the, on the tube. I think, I'm pretty sure I drove in most of the time to Merton. Yeah. So it must it must have been a lovely time in your life, you know, to be able to well to be able to do that and to explore different parts of London and. Well, it was great because uh, it was a bit like you know because I was in it for several years and because it was like a routine. It was like doing a normal job and being paid a normal salary. Yeah. But it was acting, so you got the best of both worlds. Really, you've got the regular income that you would in a nine to five job, and yet you were doing your passion. It was really the best of both worlds. It was a really good, fun time. I really had a ball. It was one of the, in fact, it's one of the happiest times of my life, actually, on that yeah. show. And it was nice, but about halfway through your time, they introduced Operation Bumblebee as a storyline, which... Yes, yeah. They, they made Donna the expert, and it's, it's really nice in that first episode about Operation Bumblebee where everyone's coming in, and Donna's on it. She's already got the file on this. She's already looked up that, and... And Andy McIntosh yeah. refers to you fondly as the Queen Bee of Operation Bumblebee. <laughs> and yeah. you get the drums, which is must have also always been nice whenever you got the drums. Yeah. Oh, the drum. Oh, yes. Oh, that's... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> A bit like the East Enders drum. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. Oh, you are funny, the things you remember. <laughs> the drum, I got the drum. Yeah. And so five years in the bill, was it your decision to, to move on? Well, I yes, because I really, I loved the show and it was a very, very difficult decision because I really loved it. I loved the people. Obviously, I liked the regular income and they were just really great people and I loved working. It was such fun. But I wanted to do more, wanted to get out of the office in the show and do more, more of the raids, more of the action stuff that the boys were doing. You know what I mean? More mm. sort of long location stuff. I was quite office bound. So, and, but they needed me for that job, that role, you see. So, I mean, they did a few. They did give me a few things. But that, that was, you know, that was the thing. Really, I wanted to do, you know, what the lads were doing and some of the other girls as well. Like Sita Indrani, she got seemed to get out and about and do the raids and stuff. I mean, they're very good because they would let people out to do a, a play or something else sometimes. I mean, in retrospect, and then they sort of said, would you like to stay, come back and do it sort of periodically? You know, you come back to do this and then you can you have the freedom to do other things. But my agent then at the time didn't want me to do that. And I actually think that he should have let me do that because I mean, that would have been the best of both worlds. Mm. You know, where you can do other things and then go back. There was, In fact, there was a lady who was um, a pathologist or something in the show, an actress called Gillian McCutcheon. And she was allowed to sort of be a semi-regular. She would go, go off and do other things and then come back. Yeah. Which is a nice compliment to you that they even offered you that opportunity. Oh, they were really nice to me, yes. I could not talk to them. They were lovely to me. They were like a family. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Even, you know, like when my dad died, they like gave me time off and they rewrote the show, you know, that Donna went off. 
she was on a course. They just changed the story. They were really, really kind and sweet. It was a very tough decision to leave. They were very, very kind. Like I said, it was one of the fun, most fun times I've had. Yeah. Uh, did the bill help or hinder your career, you know, moving forward, do you think? Um, well, in those days, it was you had to sort of wait a few months or a year or so before you could do other, you know, to leave a soap or a long-running series or a soap before you could hope to be in something else on telly. Mm. But now that's all changed. Everything changes all the time. You know, now it wouldn't, it, you know, it's not a problem at all. No, what happened? I mean, I think I did get a couple, of, I think I've got some commercials. And I, I think it was about a year after I did a telly or a year and a half or two. I can't remember exactly. Mm. But, uh, you know, it's always a bit slow at first. That's, that's, that's the norm. You kind of expect that. But uh, I, don't, I think it would be different now. Mm. Oh, yeah. Now, well, now you'd be straight on to Strictly, wouldn't you? <laughs> yes, you do. Yeah, I'm not crazy about all these reality shows, I have to mm. say. But never mind. Yeah, <laughs> maybe I'm old-fashioned. <laughs> have you interviewed lots of the cast? Oh yes, yeah, and this era is my era of the Bills. When I when I grew up watching it, uh, when when I was old enough for my mum and dad to let me, so then we started wow. watching it as a regular and watching it as a family. And I I think this era of the Bill is so strong. You've got such a fantastic lineup. Got yeah, I've in- interviewed Tom Butcher and Hugh Higginson, who's in Australia now, and I was in Australia now. Yeah, yeah, he and Hannah Waterman are, are a couple, and they moved out there and. Really, that's a very good. I was wondering. I knew he had, and I knew he was with Hannah Waterman, and they had a baby. That's right. But yeah. uh, I didn't realise that he actually moved out there. That's amazing. Because I thought about living there twenty years ago, and I thought there was a point you'd have to be a pastry cook or a doctor or this or that. Maybe because they knew who he was from the telly. Maybe mm. it was easier. Who knows? Yeah. That's interesting, isn't it? I wonder how hard that was. Because I actually, yeah, I've got loads of friends in Australia. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, through go. my other connections. How funny. I know a bunch of the boys went out to Australia mm. some years ago to capitalise on the bill thing. I think, didn't Tom Butcher? Yeah, and, and Hugh was one of them, and I think Russell Bolter. And yeah, they, they, yeah. That, that was when he first thought, oh, hang on a minute. This. Well, funnily enough, I saw an Australian friend of mine a couple of months ago uh, because she did a tour around the States. She's first first time out of, out of Australia. And uh, we were at Heathrow and we were sort of sitting in one of the bars in Heathrow because she had to get on a plane the next day with her sister. And we met another Australian couple on the balcony and they recognised me from the bill, would you believe? I love it. And I know. And and Vera, my friend, she said, um, she said, I'll give her a shout out, Vera Burford. Hello, Vera Burford. (laughs) (laughs) And um, she she said, do you recognise this lady? And they did, isn't that funny? Uh, it's fantastic. Isn't that funny? What are your hopes and ambitions of the future? What what are the shows you'd like to add to your resume? You know, what... uh, whatever comes my way, really. I mean, um, there's so many good tellies on these days. One of my oldest friends, uh, she's a set designer, so she does lots of the the latest stuff. She does. She's doing the um, the Dave Nichols thing uh, called Us, based on the book. At the moment, she's working on that, and. Um, yeah, she's, I mean, wouldn't mind being some of the things she's in. Yeah. <laughs> she does. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would like to do, the, you know, I, mostly screen work, I have to say. Any, I would, I'd quite like to have a long run in, uh, uh, I haven't done Emmerdale. I'd quite like a, a run in Emmerdale. That'd be yeah. fun. Any mm. good drama series that's well written, I'm, you know, happy to be in. I wouldn't mind in an ideal world having a part in a Netflix drama. Oh, yeah. In an ideal world. 
were you surprised to get me requested to do a podcast and and how much does the bill still sort of pop into your life yeah no i was uh, i was very surprised i mean i do yeah i mean it doesn't the bill i don't doesn't really pop into my life so much these days <laughs> but um i mean it's interesting that you tell me about all these people have you know gone to live in australia or abroad and there was a girl called samantha she went to live in the, the u.s i think in yes, la that's right people have tried different things after the bill and you could be joining hugh out in uh, australia you know yeah well i, I yeah like i said the, 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 the pound the australian pound is almost two to two to one mm. but when i first went to australia it was three to one or something it was yeah the pound was doing very well and the in the new zealand dollar was doing extremely well my money yeah. went much further and of course you know the states is another place worth think, thinking about but i'm not very wild about trump to say the least no <laughs> No. But, uh, you know, it's an option. I am a very much naturally a free spirit anyway, because I'm a Sagittarian. They're very sort of don't like to be tied down. So I like to think that I will one day, you know, be free as a bird and I could live wherever I want. I used to carry my passport around in my handbag. So that I could, <laughs> wow. <laughs> so that I could, yeah, so, yeah, I am a bit of a free spirit. I'm, I've kind of got ants in my pants. I love it. That's fantastic. <laughs> well, I am so grateful to you for giving your time. Not at all. Something we like the fans of the podcast to do is to uh, support a charity of the interviewee's choice. A charity to support people with depression. I can't think of a particular charity, but if you can find a... Maybe yeah. the Samaritan. Yeah, Samaritans. Do you have a sort of final message for fans of the Bill, fans of Donna? What is your message to the Thank Bill? Thank you very for... much for watching, supporting us. We, <laughs> without you, <laughs> without you, it wouldn't have been possible. <laughs> you know, uh, always love the fans, yes. Absolutely. Oh. You know, without the fans, yeah, we're we're very eternally grateful to the fans. And thank you so much for watching and enjoying the show. Hello, this is Andrea Mason. You've been listening to The Bill Podcast, with special thanks to Louise Harrison. Produced and presented by Oliver Crocker. Co-produced by Paul Dunn and Alex Mockler. Executive produced by Joseph Beaver, Daniel Christopher, Luke Hegarty, Chris Horner, Edward Kellett, Justin Pitt and Tom Sherrington. Visit Samaritans.org to find out how you can help.